Tired of hearing the same thing over and over again? Frustrated with the social, political, and professional landscape of your community? If so, you're in the right place. We can tackle any issue or conversation if we approach life with the Reasonable Person Standard. And now, Dr. Bob. What's the Reasonable Person Standard, you ask? According to the dictionary, a reasonable person will look at life through the lenses of fair, moderate, not excessive, nor extreme, and typically that of sound judgment. Are you that person? Hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Bob. So today we're diving into the media. While the term media can encompass hundreds of information mediums, today we're going to focus on the basic media from television, radio, and internet, and we'll save social media for another day. Let's take the topic a step further. We're going to take a look at how news and current events are portrayed in the media. Reasonable people understand how media can be used as an outlet for receiving information as well as an outlet for entertainment, an important distinction for sure, and one that often gets lost in today's thirst for juicy sound bites. Now to many of you, media is like a four-letter word, while to others, the media is the know-all and all truth. So wherever you fall on that spectrum, there likely is room for some refinement or change in thought based on where you stand. All right, let's start with the basics. According to the dictionary, media is defined as the main means of mass communication, broadcasting, publishing, and the internet, regarded collectively. So in that collective sense, media, or one's view of it, should be holistic, not just coming from a singular voice or point of view. What's the danger of relying on your one source of information, you ask? Potentially nothing, but do you know if your trusted media outlet is biased in any way? Are you aware of where the organization and the people within fall on the ideology spectrum? Do those biases come through when information is being presented? All good questions, right? I can honestly say that I never used to think about these things until one day I had a gut feeling there was more to a given story than what was being presented. As it turned out, when I dug a little deeper, I found multiple discrepancies with that story I was being told, and at a minimum, there was a ton of information and context being left out. I sort of felt duped. What I didn't realize is that even media outlets can and willingly present information through a specific lens. Their lens. After that particular story, I started researching other news stories, both past and present. I was shocked to find how many stories were skewed in a particular direction. And more shocked at how gullible I was. From that point on, I decided to read, watch, and listen to varying outlets and voices so I could get a more holistic picture of what was happening in our world. Once I started doing that, I actually had more questions than answers, but felt in some small way I was actually closer to the truth. More importantly, I felt like I could actually come up with an informed opinion based on facts. And having discussions at the water cooler at work is always better when you have an educated leg to stand on. So how do these media voices differ? Are there biases inherent with each presentation? How do you know what's real and what's entertainment? Here's a clue. If someone is offering their opinion... It's likely entertainment. The problem with most of today's media is that rarely someone prefaces their remarks with, in my opinion. I get so frustrated when people in the news media inject their opinion, especially when they don't make it a point to differentiate their opinion from factual-based information. Those two lines get blurred very quickly. And if you're not paying attention, you can easily be misled into drawing a conclusion that may not be supported by facts. Now, I'm not saying that all media outlets intentionally mislead us, but we all have a responsibility here. I believe the media has a responsibility to report information. 
And we, as consumers of that information, then have a responsibility to challenge that information or at least look into it. With that said, media outlets are businesses that also know that information can be boring at times, hence the need to add opinion segments. Audiences need to acknowledge this and become better informed consumers. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like being told what to think or feel, especially when it comes through someone's opinion. The Army had two sayings about opinions. One is, if the Army wanted you to have an opinion, they would just issue it to you. And second, opinions are like rear ends and elbows. Everybody has them. So how can a story with the same facts be reported differently between two sources? It depends on how they want you to feel about it or what conclusions they think should be drawn. Here's a real simple example based on the three little pigs. So we all know the story, right? So outlet number one has a headline that reads, Career criminal destroys two local homes out of rage. And then on the complete other side, outlet number two, their headline says, Lone wolf protests lack of local housing. Same facts of the story, but you likely feel differently about the situation given how it was presented. Now, beyond a mere opinion of the person presenting information, is it possible that some media outlets as a whole are biased toward a particular ideology? You better believe it. A company named All Sides created a media bias chart which depicts how certain media outlets typically bend their approach to delivering news. According to All Sides, the media bias chart helps you to easily identify different perspectives so you can get the full picture and think for yourself. Knowing the political bias of media outlets allows you to consume a balanced news diet and avoid manipulation. Everyone is biased, but hidden bias misleads and divides us. The All Sides Media Chart is based on a full and growing list of over 800 media bias ratings. These ratings inform our balanced news feed. Now, one caveat to this chart is that it only depicts online content and does not reflect accuracy or credibility, only perspective. But we all know that perspective and perception go a long way in helping or manipulating us into drawing conclusions. So landing on the far left of the chart are outlets such as HuffPost, the New York Times opinion columns, MSNBC, Newsweek, and CNN opinion columns. Moving toward the center a little, but still left-leaning, are CNN News, ABC, NBC, Time, NPR Opinion, and The Washington Post. Now to the other side, the right. On the far right are groups like CBN, Fox News opinion columns, and the New York Post opinion columns. Moving towards center, but still right-leaning, are Fox News, The Washington Times, and the New York Post News. Lastly, the folks in the center, meaning the most neutral, are AP, BBC, Reuters, and the USA Today. Now, if you don't agree with these buckets, take it up with all sides. I'm sure they would love to hear your opinion on this. While this chart is certainly not all-encompassing and leaves some room for debate, I've found it to be pretty accurate. So the point of calling out this chart is not to simply put news outlets into categories, but to show that most organizations have inherent biases, some more public than others. Beyond that, it's also important to differentiate between news and opinion. The reasonable person will take into consideration that when reading or listening to an opinion segment, it's simply that, an opinion. Opinion is not fact and can easily be taken out of context and can even blur the lines of facts when not checked or balanced. The reasonable person will also enjoy opinion segments as entertainment and not as the be-all and all truth. Remember that like with everything else in life, there are two sides to a story and the truth often lies somewhere in between, or in this case, the middle. 
The last time the Pew Research Center for the People and Press questioned specifically about partisan bias, Americans reported they see a specific slant. 74% say news organizations tend to favor one side in dealing with political and social issues. 50% believe the media has a liberal slant, and 22% believe the media has a conservative slant. Understanding that the question of bias can be somewhat complicated, the Digital Resource Center suggests we use these three questions. How do we know if a news report is fair? How do we know if a news outlet is biased? And what's the difference between news media bias and audience bias? If I were to suggest a change to this list, I'd ask how we know if a news report is accurate instead of fair, since fair is a relatively subjective term, while facts are objective. So let's address the last question posed. What's the difference between news media bias and audience bias? We highlighted media bias earlier, and make no mistake, it's out there and we all fall prey to it. But what about audience bias, or sometimes referred to as confirmation bias? Dr. Nancy Franklin from the Center for News Literacy from Stony Brook University suggests that audience bias is basically the tendency to call out the news when it doesn't match one's beliefs and asserts that audience bias is one of the most important elements of news literacy. Continuing on, she suggests that our brain is sometimes our biggest barrier to our search for reliable information. When asked about confirmation bias, she said this. Confirmation bias is the tendency that we have, instead of gathering all the information we need to get a complete picture and the right answer, we have some tentative idea already and we seek evidence only for that when we should actually be seeking out evidence against it. Because learning and, and progressing in our thinking is best done if you can knock down wrong currently held beliefs and then you can move forward rather than get stuck in whatever flawed thinking you have right now. When was the last time you sought out opinions that greatly differed from your own? When seeking out information from varying sources, it's oftentimes hard to figure out where to start. And where do most of us start? You guessed it, Google. Is it possible that there are biases even within search engines? The reality is in an effort to simplify our lives, many search engines use artificial intelligence to help us find exactly what we're looking for. Seems great, right? Perhaps not. Maybe through the well-intended effort to help us narrow our searches, the embedded algorithms within most search engines could also possibly be guiding us towards information outlets that we want to see, and that some of those search results may not be entirely holistic. Why is this concerning? Because so much of what we come to believe and the sorts of information that we pay attention to comes from the social references that, that we um, pay attention to. So I have my peers and the people who I respect, and I can't know everything. You know, so if I'm trying to learn about whether it makes sense to drink wine for heart health or whatever the thing is, I rely on people I trust. And if I'm only getting half of the story because Google wants to be like my friends, you know, like the people who I would normally seek out and agree with, then I'm not going to get any sort of reasonable balance in the information I get. So what's a reasonable balance and how do we get there? Start with understanding what lenses you view life through. Your experiences, values, and beliefs are all different lenses and filters. Now, when I was in high school, I took a photography course that I absolutely loved. I liked it because we got to experiment with different lighting effects, exposure settings, and the use of lens and filters. 
They make lens filters for all types of lighting scenarios. Gray, yellow, UV, dark, orange. You get the point. I love taking average and dull frames of pictures and using filters to make them more appealing. Once I completed the course, I wanted to go out and buy all the filters I used while in the course, but didn't know which one to buy first. So I asked the teacher, if I only had money for one filter, which one should I buy? Now, I wasn't prepared for what he told me. He told me to buy a transparent filter. He explained that if you have a transparent filter on your lens, your lens will be protected from the outside elements, and if you accidentally leave it on, you'll always view the outside world from a neutral perspective. If you want to change how you see the outside world, you then have to make a conscious decision to add a specific filter to make, to make the view more enjoyable and more appealing. Get the correlation? The reasonable person will digest information through a transparent filter. Then, if you want to add some color to your view, meaning different opinions and viewpoints, seek out alternative sources that provide exactly that. And remember to start with opposing views first to help either ground your opinions and ideas or to challenge them. The latter is much more difficult, but is well worth it. Surround yourself with people that challenge your views and ideas, seek out media outlets that present facts, and then draw your own conclusion. After that, if you want some entertainment, seek out opinion-based outlets. However, reasonable people don't use opinions to validate their ideas. Our society needs critical thinkers now more than ever. Don't let the media do your thinking for you. But remember, at the end of the day, no matter who you talk to, no matter what you talk about, always treat people with dignity and respect. Well, that's our time for the day. Thanks for joining us here at the Reasonable Person Standard. Our music was performed by Kevin McLeod, and this podcast series is produced by Jam Studios. Thank you for joining today's conversation with Dr. Bob. Be sure to check out what he'll tackle next at www.bobhabib.net. And remember, you can tackle any issue or conversation if you approach life with the Reasonable Person Standard.